0: Bus is on. I'm at a funeral. Oh sunglasses. Yeah. Are we live? Fuck okay. it. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffit, along with my good friend, Artemis Brower. Artie, how are we doing, my friend?
1: Good. We are good. We are live on a Monday night. I can't remember the last time we recorded on a Monday night, and I and I and I know why we don't record on Monday nights.
0: My God, yeah, boys. Monday, okay. Mondays are tough, man. Mondays <laughs> are always tough. I am all over the place today, but we are here. We're here. Harold Warner. We here. Yeah, uh. Man. All right. Let's episode one seventy one. Yes. Party. Yes. One seven one. Do you have one for me? Hell no.
1: I'm going be honest with you. I, I've been I've been good I've been good with my numbers. I've been good with my players. Man, look, I just got off I-40 not too long ago, took a shower, just got home. I ain't got no seventy-one.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ain't got one. All right, all right, that's all right. Uh so I'm gonna go with mine. Drafted first overall uh, in the 2010 NHL draft. Uh Taylor Hall was never quite like he never quite lived up to it um to the hype. I mean, he's been a phenomenal NHLer. He's not a Hall of Famer. He he's gonna have a great like a pretty good career, but he was he was always seen as kind of like one of the next greats, and, and he never kind of lived up to that. Yeah. Played for six teams, Edmonton, New Jersey, Arizona, Buffalo, Boston, and now playing for your Chicago Blackhawks Artie. Yeah. Um earlier this season, he he had an assist. On first overall pick from this season, Connor Bedard's first career NHL goal. Um, Oh, nice! I read this crazy stat: Taylor Hall has assisted on four first overall picks, first career goals. Which it's crazy. That's crazy. Think of it. That means he was he's a first overall pick. Yeah, and he's played with at least four first overall picks in their first game, and he's given yeah, wow. he's got an assist for each of them.
1: Yeah, that's that's wow.
0: So uh, that that's a that's an interesting stat that that I was reading off. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, all right, Artie Boneyard Podcast, proud members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Go check them out. Lots of great content there to be to be seen, to be heard. Um, Check them out on YouTube. If you're watching us now on Variety Sports Network YouTube, hello. And if you're watching us later on Variety Sports Network YouTube, hello later. Um, All right, Artie. ECU got the dub. Got a victory.
1: Holy shit. We beat an FBS opponent. Haven't
0: done that in a long time. Yeah. Felt good. Felt good. I mean, good. up until up until last week, FAU was still kind of in that... They were in the mix. They, they, were, they were somewhat in the mix. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that was a good win. Like, was it a good win? Like, did we play overly impressive? No. No. But it was a good win. It was a win over a team that has been known or has shown that they can put up points. I mean, the leading – the wide receiver that's leading in receptions in all of college football this year. Shut him down. Shut him down. He got shut down by a freshman. I mean, come on. Hey,
1: look, I I saw a stat that FAU had scored 38 points, at least 38 points in three of the last four games. We held them to seven. So, if you don't think we had a legitimate defense – We have a legitimate defense in Greenville, North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I mean, this defense is – this defense is phenomenal. Like, this defense can play with anybody. I mean, they're out there balling. And they're doing it with several starters out. I mean, Jack Powers, out for the season. Uh, Teagan Wilk, out for the season. Yeah. There's some other guys in there that have been banged up. Look, everybody has injuries this time of year, but like – that that's insane. And already only three times this year has East Two allowed an opponent to score more than twenty points. Three times. Four times, excuse me. I mean, to be eight and two and You're less than fifty percent of our games. Less than fifty percent of the games have and honestly,
1: putting, up, putting up twenty or more, you know, I mean I would like to see the games we held teams at 30 or less, right? Like, has, has anybody put up more than 30 on us? I'm, I'm sure – I think App State did. No, no.
0: The, did, it, did it not? The only team to put up more than 30, Michigan and Marshall both put up – Michigan put up 30. Michigan,
1: yeah, Marshall, Michigan 30. Marshall put up 31. Yeah, that's – I mean so, – Okay, there was five games. Football, though. Like, you watch, you watch a USC Washington – and it's and it's damn near what fifty something to forty. Right? Yeah. Like you look at I the mean, back twelve; they're just putting up forty points every single game.
0: Nobody plays. So, nobody plays defense.
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 impressive. Our I mean, is very impressive.
0: So I, I was I'm I completely missed Marshall. So five games. So half of your games, you haven't allowed the opponent to score more than twenty points. You should have anytime. That that also means that you didn't score more than twenty points. Um the only ECU scored more than twenty points uh four times this season. App State, UTSA, FAU, and Gardner Webb. Four times. They're they're five hundred when they score more than twenty points. And if they could find a way to score 30 points, you're looking at a team that's eight and two.
1: Yeah, because I mean if, if if we're if we're talking about the offense, right? I mean, that once again, they did everything to give that game away, if, if we're being honest. Because yeah. after the, after that first quarter touchdown, it was nothing. Andrew Conrad and that defense kept us in that game. And if you think, because uh, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, Andrew Conrad making five field goals, forty yards or more, that. shocked the hell out of me. I, I'm that that I would, I would have said no way. If you would have told me Andrew no Conrad, Conrad would have made five straight field goals of forty plus yards or more, and that would kind of be the difference as to why we won the game, I'd have said hell, you smoke it. Whatever you're smoking, I want some of that. But shout out to him.
0: Yeah, I mean. Credit where credit's due. We've been all over special teams the last two years. I mean, 40 yard field goals are impressive. And these only one of them was below, was under 46 yards. That's just that's absurd. For a college kicker, that's absurd. He hit two forty seven yarders and I believe two forty six yarders, and then the last one was a forty yarder.
1: That's absurd, man.
0: I mean, you have NFL
1: kickers that that cannot do that. Five straight, 45 plus, like, it just, that's absurd.
0: From the hash? Yeah, no, like, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, hopefully, I mean, you're going to probably need him the next two weeks. Navy this weekend, Tulsa, Thanksgiving weekend, you're going to need him. Hey, but no, no Owen Daffer hype though. we not we ain't
1: doing no, none of that. We're not doing that. No, no Owen Daffer Hey, look, good game. We appreciate you. On
0: to the next. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no Daffer hype. Cause I mean, just as good as his five for five game this past weekend is. What, missed two against Charlotte? You could have won the ball game. Yeah, we've we we've,
1: we've been down that that train before hyping up kickers but before
0: we we're, we're not gonna do that. We're not doing that. So we're we're not gonna do that, and then I mean, already the fact that ECU like looking at their schedule this year, I mean, pretty much every game that they've played in, they've been in the in the ball game. Yeah, which which is the
1: frustrating. I I, I think I mentioned that a, a couple weeks ago. Like it like this season would have been. I'm not saying it would have been better, but like at least I was like if if we were just getting blown out, then I know okay, we we just like we just have a really really shitty team. And everything's got to go. But we're like, the frustrating thing is we're in 90% of these ball games. We're Like, we're in these games. We can win these games. We couldn't be the ranked opponent at home last week. We're in these games. That's the frustrating thing about it.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey. If ECU finishes 4-8 and eight on the season, I'm happy. Like, I'm, I'm happy with – No, you're not happy. You're but just, I'm, you're I'm just, happy, you're with, happy with the finish. I'm happy with the finish. Yeah, you're, you're not happy about the season. You're just happy with the finish. Right. But to be where we thought we were going to be and then go to where we ended up going and then to f- still find a way to sneak out four wins and finish the season kind of hot. I mean, the offense isn't ever going to be hot. Like, this offense sucks. This offense, this offense is atrocious well we, um, we
1: obviously know there's things that have to be changed on offense side of the ball but the good thing is that's going to be the main focus. You maintain what you have on defense, right? Because that is clearly there. There's not much that needs to be changed outside of getting a few more secondary pieces showing up that um getting a getting a solid pass rush. I would like to get a, like a solid edge rusher. Uh but outside of that defense is defense is solid. You know what you have to do. You have to get better on the offensive side of the ball everywhere in the offseason. So
0: yeah, I mean, I think I think we talked about it last week. I think you're okay in some of the skill positions. Uh, this this Riles kid, Desirio Riles, going to be a pretty good tight end going forward. Um, but you you just need you need off- offensive line help, and you need somebody that can sling the rock. Yeah, and if you had those two things. We're talking, we're, we're in a completely different mind mindset right now than we're, where we were, where, or where we thought we were, we're going to be right. Like yeah. we're, we're not, if, if you get that, you're, you're looking at a, a team that like seven and three, eight and two at worst. Um, so that sucks. That that sucks, but uh, let's t- let's do good, bad, and ugly before we start our Navy preview. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a little bit it. shorter podcast this week. Um, got got a lot going on at home, so uh, let's yeah, do it. Good, bad, and ugly. Already from FAU defense. I mean, we've talked about it already. There's but no
1: more hyperbole I can give the defense, man. I don't, I don't, I've, I've run out of compliments. I'm sorry.
0: So <laughs> uh, compliments, defense. Stellar, 172 yards of total offense for FAU. 29 yards rushing. 29 yards rushing. Five sacks for 45 yards. Ten tackles for loss for 54 yards. Julius Woodhead, the interception. Uh, special teams. We already talked about Andrew Conrad. Hey, let's also give some some flowers to Julian Davis. True freshman, uh, really kind of getting his first kind of reps in, like live game reps, with a huge blocked punt. If he doesn't block that punt, ECU doesn't score that touchdown. I'm happy you said that. Yes. That was that was that was huge. Because that
1: that that touchdown was gift wrap. Obviously, ECU's not scoring a touchdown on their own, if it's unless it's <laughs> unless it's gift, it gotta be gift wrap. Like we gotta, we gotta be in an ideal situation. And that was gift wrap.
0: And then the bad. The, the offense is still pretty shitty, right? Chase Soul, I believe he had 72 yards receiving. Most of those yards were after, after the catch. Look, him and Jalen Johnson early in the game, wide open, eight yards out, over the middle. Why are we not throwing it to them? Like, design those plays. Defenses are giving you that all the time because they don't think that you have the confidence to throw the ball over the middle eight yards out. Yeah. That is a soft spot on the defense in every game I've watched this year. We're open over the middle every game. Why are we throwing it to the boundary? Throw it across the middle, come down with it, and and move the sticks. That's all you need. The
1: the the defenses we play, they don't respect the pass game, and we still cannot capitalize on some of the gifts that the defense gives us because they they don't respect it. I'm telling you, they don't they they do not respect pass game. They probably don't really respect too much from the offensive side of the ball. But when those gifts are presented to you, take the gift <laughs> like take it. Hurt them when it when it matters most. So
0: yeah, for sure. Um, Artie, your thoughts on on. ECU, FAU.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, this was, you know, finish. The my my main thing about this, the season is what it is. We know that it, we're not fighting for anything special at this point. We're going to finish at bare minimum with eight losses. Um, so at this point, finish. Right? Can we can we string together some wins? Can we finish on a high note? Can we get something going offensively? You know, we don't really even need to harp on the defense no more. I know I know what what I'm getting out of them on a on a week weekly basis. I really want to see what this offense can do. Some of the pieces that will be coming back next year. um, What can they do with the opportunities they're given at the end of this season to gain momentum going into next year, because next year is a make or break year. It it just is next year is a make or break year. The pressure is going to be on everybody in that building coaches down players down, boosters down, whoever us media down, the pressure's on everybody. So, you know, to me, great stepping stone to end the season right. Right, going into FAU, beating a four and five team that had aspirations of getting the you know five hundred, possibly getting the six seven wins. Um, I gotta
0: tell you, Artie, that probably ended their their bowl hopes.
1: And and, and, it, and it might have. I mean, they're sitting at four and six, so yeah. I mean that we we could have ended their bowl hopes. So I mean, FAU is a team that should have came out desperate, hungry, at home, like giving us their best shot, and we and we took it to them. So, I mean, the kudos to our guys for doing that, going down there in that environment, beating up on Tom Herman and his and his boys. But finish my my main and 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 like I said, this is like the the first step into ECU finishing this season the way we want them to finish. If we can get to four wins, great. If we can get three wins. I'll take I'll take three and nine. I mean, I'm not gonna say I'll take it, but I would just like to see us be able to finish the season more on a winning tone, a winning note, than just kind of tucking our tails and 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 just taking defeat. So
0: Finish. Just finish. Yeah. Artie, the FPI for ESPN has ECU predicted to win the next two games. How crazy is that? Maybe a Tulsa, so, baby. They're winnable games. They're winnable games. We said that. Uh, let's see. Artie, looking at FAU real quick, the rest of their season, I know they've got to play two. I believe they play two lane this weekend. So that's probably an L. And then you're looking at they, they need two wins. They need to win this weekend and next weekend. They got to yeah. beat Tulane and they got to beat Rice.
1: And one one last thing I, I will say, because I I did see this from an excerpt I saw earlier today about an article I was reading from what some of the FAU players were saying about ECU, especially their defense and the team in general. We are we are not indicative of our record. So no. we're probably we're probably the best two and eight team you're gonna see. It just, just be like, like we are, we are, and and I know that's crazy to say because our we we you know our record is our record, but we are probably the most physical, best two and eight team you're gonna see. You got You got to come earn it against us, which is why it's so frustrating. Like we mentioned earlier, because it, it could be reverse of that, but we are not indicative of what our record is. So,
0: yeah, for sure, it it's it's tough to watch. This offense just be as bad as they are. All right, the game this weekend it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a one for the. Well, for it's the it's Navy, man.
1: So well, you know, we we know how, we know how it is against Navy. I
0: mean, this is it.
1: <laughs> we could be feeling good, and you know, Navy come out and just just take it to us. It's Navy. It's I, Navy
0: week. So the, I mean, the over under I believe is 37 and a half this weekend. I
1: guess
0: uh, maybe. Over-under should be like 22 and a half. I mean, Iowa has set the record for over-under the last two weeks at like 29 <laughs> and 27 and a half. Uh, yeah, the over unders dropped actually from 33 and a half to 32 and a half. Um, so buckle up. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun one in Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium up in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, we're going to get to that here in just a minute. Long-time friend of the podcast, Pete Medhurst, going to be joining us. Artie, before we have Pete on, talk a little bit about, like, I mean, just talk about how much we like talking to him. I mean, it's – before, oh, I mean awesome.
1: – Yeah, it's it, – I think, what, four, four, four time friend of the podcast now? At, yes. At uh,
0: this point? So, I mean, yeah. No. There, there's guys that – When the schedule comes out, we circle that week because we know we we already know who we're going to talk. We're going to
1: have them as an interview
0: because we know that's they're our guys, right? Like if you're our guy, you're our guy. Pete's one. Memphis Spence, Corey Gore.
1: Oh yeah, we got. I mean, I haven't talked to Memphis Spence since the first interview. You talked to him twice. I ain't talked to him since the first interview. We got to get Memphis Spence back on here. Hmm.
0: We got bre- we to we get Spence back on here. Is that some breaking news? Did uh, Jaquan McMillan get another interception? Oh, that's right. Denver is playing uh, Buffalo tonight. Keaton Mitchell, second
1: touchdown of his career. Shame on the Baltimore Ravens. The man had four touches, and all he does is score touchdowns and prove that he's faster than everybody on the field, and you don't give him the ball back. Why are you not running the rock with Keaton Mitchell? I mean, Gus Edwards is good. I get it. Gus Edwards is good. But come on now. You got Keaton Mitchell back. He fascinated everybody on the field by, by a long shot. For sure. I don't get
0: it. Yeah. Between him and Jaquan McMillan, those are two guys already that I don't know how they went undrafted. I mean, you're drafting kickers in the seventh round, but you won't draft Keaton Mitchell or Jaquan McMillan?
1: I'm I'm telling you, with with Keaton, it was about his size, man. Same with the same, at, same they, they looked at him and said, "Nah, you can't play. You can't play at this level. Oh, you come out of ECU. You don't know how to play. You don't know how to play with these big boys like that." That's exactly what they was thinking. That's what they, that's what these scouts and recruiters were thinking.
0: I will say, I mean, two ECU guys undrafted lighting it up in the NFL. Love to see it. That that's. That's what being a true pirate is, and hopefully Jaquan can can
1: can be the bright spot on what has been an abysmal defense. Because that Denver defense has been god awful, but hopefully he can be one of the few bright spots on it.
0: For sure, for sure, yeah. I, I, I would I would happily take both of those guys on the Falcons right now. They're they're probably gonna be my walk the plank this week. Yeah, I think we use both of them on the Bears too, so. Hey, at least y'all can. At least y'all can. I mean, it, you beat the Panthers, but a win's a win. <laughs> we be, we beat the worst team in the league. Okay. <laughs> the fact that y'all beat them and y'all are still getting the the first overall pick from them.
1: Yeah, it's nice. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have two top five picks. We're gonna have mm. two top five picks. Now, if the Bears don't do anything with these two top five picks. Then, then I will probably be turning in my fandom because I, I just I can't take this kind of punishment. I don't deserve that. You got two top five picks, and you don't do anything smart with it or turn the franchise around. I don't deserve, as a fan. I don't deserve that. Gotta turn that Y'all y'all need
0: what? I'll be becoming a fan free agent to the highest bidder. Y'all y'all are looking for what? D line. Probably some D-line help. Everything. Everything. The only Lines play
1: a lot better. We have our number one receiver. We need to get a number two. We can have DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison. That's what I want. I want DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison. On on like that is a that is a that is an absolute nightmare. The Falcons are Marvin pretty- Harrison need to be one of them picks. And honestly, if we have the ability to get a Drake May, Caleb Williams, one of these quarter- Michael Penix, we're probably gonna go quarterback. Why? because because I don't I, I just don't think the Fields it's just it's it's not working out. No, I think he has all the talent. Fields has the talent. He can play. I just don't think the situation in Chicago is right for him. I can see him going somewhere else and thriving. Seriously, I really could. I just don't think the
0: situation is right in Chicago. For sure. Well, Artie, we were mentioning it just a minute ago. Um, we thrive when uh when we have a long time friend of the podcast on. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. Pete Methurst, welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. Pete, how's it going, friend?
2: What's going on, guys? Good to be with you.
0: Yes, sir. Good to have you. Things going all right up there in uh in the DMV area. It's, cold? Uh,
2: Is it cold yet? It's chilly. Just just got back from softball practice, and it's forty two degrees. But the girls are uh, they're awesome. You know, they'd probably go out there in twenty two degree weather if you asked them to. So.
0: Mm. Got to love that. Um, Pete, coming up to Navy, we we feel like we play y'all every year. I guess we have played y'all every year since we started this podcast. Uh, You're a four-time guest now. Uh, (laughs) Talk to us. I mean, what's going on? I mean, Coach Ken, last year was his last year. Brian Newberry comes in this year, former defensive coordinator. Talk to us a little bit about him and, and what's going on up there in Annapolis right now.
2: Yeah, I mean we're we're trying to get consistent footing I mean that's the that's the best way to describe it this past week was awesome it's the best performance we've had uh, probably in any game this year and trying to find I mean the injuries at quarterback have just been a killer um, you know you, you start to get one guy you know going he gets hurt and we're the only team in the country right now that has started four different quarterbacks. Um, on the season, so you know how much the quarterback means to our offense, and when you have that kind of disruption, and give Xavier Arline a lot of credit. I mean, it's the guy that was switched to slot back, and then with the injuries, came back to quarterback, and he has been very mature about his role on the team, and I think his, you know, you see his football character, um, you know, the last two weeks where he's come off the bench, and you know, the last six quarters of football for us offensively have been better and you know we're finally starting to to gain some traction but it's certainly been a long road getting to that point defense has been decent I mean you know we uh, the temple game was kind of an aberration for that group but for the last month and a half they've been really good and uh they put it together again this past week I mean that UAB club they're number one in the league at 303 a game and You know, Zeno threw for like 168, and he got most of that on the last two drives um, when the game started to get, you know, a little separation there. So uh, it was tremendous. They tried to – I mean, I give you Trent a little credit. You know, he strategically tried to do something different. I mean, he tried to line up and go ground and pound, and, you know, we we can stop you if you try to run the football. But, uh, you know, I was – I was impressed with the way we played and the way we tackled because against them, with all the horizontal passing they do, you got to tackle well. If you don't tackle well against UAB, uh, those receivers are really good. They're gonna they're gonna turn a big play on you. And our guys did a great job of tackling, getting guys to the ground, running to the football. So you know, hopefully, it, it's taken a long time, but hopefully, we can get some momentum going here and finish strong here in the month of November.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Pete, what are what are some of the things that Coach Newberry that, that you have seen year one? He's trying to implement that might be a little different than Coach Ken. Um in like a new take on
2: trying to, you know, revitalize this program. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, look, there's there's no doubt we had to come up with something different. Teams were stacking eight in the box against us. And the option, triple option in particular, is predicated on outnumbering people. Well, when they've got eight in the box, you can't outnumber them. Uh, you got to hope somebody runs out of a play or something, basically. And teams have, teams have done very well against us here just by sheer numbers. And, you know, we've introduced some new, Uh, schemes running wise that have helped. I think we saw some of that uh, this week. Not only that, but we got some dudes that can run. Uh, Tesca, Heidenreich, Arline have legitimate division one power five uh, speed. I mean, look at how they were running away from guys. They've been doing that all year, especially Heidenreich and Tesca. They get out in the open field. It's over. They run away from people. You don't catch them. So, you know, we figured out that they are those are our best players we got to get the ball in their hands more uh, I thought Grant chestnut called a great game uh, this week the offensive coordinator and more importantly with all the disruption we've had on the offensive line with all the injuries we've had there those kids really played well I mean they battled hard uh this week and uh, obviously finally were able to put some things together but I mean just they just tinkered with some of the concepts because w- when When you and everybody and everybody wants Army to go back to their triple because they've struggled a little bit this year, but you you can't run the triple when there's eight dudes up there and they're not running out of the box. You're not fooling them with the fullback dive and everything anymore. They're just selling out coming after your quarterback or coming after your pitch man, um, and daring you to pass the football against them. And you know, early in the year we couldn't, we we had guys running wide we've had guys running wide open in everybody's secondary all year. We just haven't been able to hit some of the past plays well now we're starting to take advantage of those we're starting to hit those plays that we weren't hitting back in september you know if we i mean i think if we play the south florida game over again with the group we're running with now you know that results maybe a little bit different uh we certainly have a better chance to win the game than we gave ourselves uh in, in that football game but you know i mean that's that's the beauty of football you got to accept the result that you get on that day and you know, we had to we really had to absorb some tough tough games early i mean we had memphis right there down in memphis couldn't finish that game so we're not we're not as far away as our record indicates i think the good thing is though is some of the things conceptually on offense that they want to add are starting to come to fruition uh, a little bit now that we actually have a healthy quarterback who's played back-to-back weeks
1: yeah
0: yeah i mean Looking at that, I was watching some some film on, on Xavier Arline. I think I saw that he was the number three fastest college football athlete this week. Uh, I think he hit, reached a top speed of like 20.5. We're, we're encroaching on, on Keaton Mitchell numbers there. That's um, my guy. That's my was, guy. I
2: was, Look, I got to tell you, because I do Ravens halftime and postgame. And back in April, when Eric DaCosta signed him as an undrafted free agent, was on the air. And I told people, I'm like, not only is he going to make the Ravens, but at some point he's going to make an impact. Yeah. And I am so thrilled for him. Um, you know, I love it when I see guys from the American because this league has been so good. It's had so many good players and love to see so many of them, like Tank Dell from Houston, who's mm-hmm. obviously playing well for them now. I, I just love it when guys from the American start to find a lot of success uh, out there and so happy for Keaton. His dad, Anthony, of course, played for the Ravens and He's really turning into an explosive weapon for them. And he was a little banged up early, so he couldn't get on the field. He was a little hurt, but, you know, he's he's still nursing a sore hamstring, I guess is the best way to talk about it, because he's popped up on the injury report the last two weeks because of a hammy, but so far, so good, man. He hadn't shown any ill effects of that, because he is running away from people. And Xavier, I mean, look, Xavier did that the other day, 21.8 miles an hour. I mean, they got all that fancy stuff that they hook him up to now you know, in practice and obviously through this technology and games, they can tell how fast um, they're running. But yeah, I mean, X is a great athlete and he gets in the open field. He's going to run away from a lot of people. So uh, that's the beauty of having him and finally able to break some things uh, into the open field. And, you know, just hopefully we've got to play well, you know, if we're going to get to a bowl game, we got to win a lot more games. So, uh, but we got to make sure we. T- you can't get to six without getting to five. So we got to get to five this week against a, uh, an East Carolina team. I know that's that's wounded, and I know they're hurting. But, you know, I know their kids are going to show up and play, uh, coming up on Saturday.
0: Yeah, you, you were sorry, Artie. Uh, really? I mean, you were, you are talking about. I mean, a team that, the the numbers or the, the, the scores don't really tell the whole story, right? And that that's we were just talking about that on, on the podcast here, like there it feels like this team could very well be six and four seven yeah. and three even like. i
2: think that I think six and four is fair seven and three with a little more luck, but definitely six and four could have been achievable by this group you know but but again, you know the beauty of the beauty of life you get what you earn that day doesn't matter what business you're in if you 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 get what you earn that day. And, you know, unfortunately, we we got results that we earned. I mean, we earned L's when we probably should add a couple of W's. But credit to the other team. They played better. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's the – but uh, the kids love Brian. Um, he was an obvious choice, uh, I think, for the head coaching position. His acumen as a defensive coordinator um, was, I mean, just one of the best I've ever seen at coordinating defense. Yeah. And giving him an opportunity to be a head coach, uh, I thought was the right choice. And I know the players, the players were overwhelmingly in favor of it. So, you know, that group is all starting to come together right now. And I mean, I I think I think this group is going to. When you talk football with them, you can tell that there's they know what they're doing. Um, It's an excitable group. It's an energetic group. It's not a false energetic group, though. You get a lot of guys on the sidelines, jump up and down and, you know, getting guys' faces and, and try to do all that, yeah, yeah, kind of stuff. And then when they get in the X and O room, they can't do it. They can't bust a grape uh, as a coach. They can't coordinate anything. Um, there's been a lot of those people in college football. I, I think this group has got what it takes to have us getting better. But, you know, I mean – college football right now, man, it's trying to leave the service academies behind. I mean, the rules certainly don't favor us. There's no NIL there, you know, the transfer portal is one way. So, you know, the, it, it you know, we lose a quarterback. We can't just go out and grab another one in the portal. Um, Ours has to be the old fashioned way through recruiting and player development. They got to get into that classroom with quarterbacks coach Ivan Jasper and get better uh, each and every week. So uh, that's, that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles, though. That's the game we choose to play. Uh, none of us are dropping down to one double A or division two. So you don't have to worry about that. We're, we're here for the long haul, as evidenced by Army joining the American uh, going forward. So, you know, we got to we just got to deal with the rules that as they are. No excuses and go play.
1: And, you know, kind of because I was just about to ask you that kind of leading on to that. Army joins the American, you know, as a, as a football only member. What do you think that means to Navy? What does that mean for the conference as a whole? Well, I think it
2: it adds another – I think the great thing is when Army shows up, when Navy shows up, they bring loyal audience, they bring people uh, with them. I think it's great for the Texas schools because whenever whenever Army and Navy show up at the Texas schools, we got a lot of kids here because we uh, both of us usually have 20-plus guys from the state of Texas Um, on our roster. So from a marketing standpoint, that's another potential military day for uh, all these teams from a marketing perspective. But look, I mean, there's no question Jeff Munkin can coach. He was a Paul Johnson disciple. He was a great coach at Navy as an assistant coach uh, with Coach Johnson. And I don't think people really understood where the Army program was when he got there. We were tearing them to shreds. Uh, we weren't just beating them, we were destroying them. And Jeff has gotten them back very competitive, uh, playing a very good tough nosed brand of football. And it's gonna bring another tough club. It's gonna be very difficult to prepare for um, you know each and every week because those guys are gonna play their rear ends off uh, e- each and every week. and Jeff is a, a fantastic football coach. So uh, they bring they bring another good program. Uh, I think to the league. I don't know if it necessarily affects Navy in any way. We always recruit the same kids anyway. Um, So, regardless of whether it's a a league or not, and obviously the Army Navy game is still going to be a standalone game that doesn't count uh, as a conference game. So, you know, I I don't think there's any real direct effect, um, except maybe if one team starts winning more than the other, then, you know, when you get into kids' homes from a recruiting standpoint, You know, you can simply say, hey, you know, we've beaten them like, I mean, obviously we were beating them, you know, 14 years in a row. You could go into the living room and tell a family, you know, not only are we offering you a great education, but from a football standpoint, we're winning 58 to 12, 34 to 7, 34 to nothing, things of that nature, until Jeff obviously made them a much more uh, competitive program. So I think that that's the only way maybe going forward that it affects either team Mm -hmm. is if one can start winning more um, than the other, because let's face it, both both institutions offer you a world class education and put you academically and with a, a great job upon graduation guaranteed great salary guaranteed that's that's where the nil comes from for kids that go um i mean i'm telling you right now if you're if you're a football player that's really good but you don't think you're an nfl talent you know you'd be kind of foolish not to consider army and navy to be honest with you because you're going to get a great degree you're going to get a degree that opens any door in the world to you from a career choice. You're at least going to get an interview. Now you may blow the interview and not get the job, but when people say, see United States Naval Academy on your resume, you're going to get the interview. That's impressive. You're going to yeah. talk to somebody, right? So um, I think if you're a kid that's not going to go to the NFL and, and probably knows that, I think you're a fool not to consider a service Academy in our world right now, because you're going to be, 22 years old, 23 years old, when you graduate, you're going to have a guaranteed job with a great salary, great benefits. And you're going to wear a uniform that, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, 99% of all females in the world see you in that uniform and they melt right on the spot. So (laughs) there are so many positives, you know, 99% of which are realistic and Great career choice, and and just they help you in a world right now where, you know, you need you need some help right now mm-hmm. like that if you're if you're trying to get a job that you know pays well and look let's face it all members of the brotherhood look out for others they're likely to hire more people, um, you know that have the same background so you've got that entire brotherhood workforce working for you uh, as well. For sure, yeah. We always say like th- this is a game that
0: we-, we love to play, but also I mean the the ECU Navy game hasn't fared well for for the Pirates. They've, yeah, they've done they've not. done better in Annapolis than they have in in Greenville, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking at this weekend, I mean I th- we were talking about it before you hopped on. I think the over unders thirty two and a half. Uh, gonna gonna be a fun one. Battle in the trenches. A little bit about Navy's defense. Who's some guys that we should be watching out for? We we always know. The triple option but like, let's talk about the other side of the ball
2: well clearly uh i mean defensive player of the week in the american this week colin ramos he was fantastic the other day you could have picked rayon lane too who had the 97 yard uh interception return for a touchdown i think rayon's the best safety in the league um i think colin and, and will at middle linebacker are two of the best linebackers in the league i think our nose guard is as good as any defensive lineman in the league i think justin reed out of apex north carolina has taken over for Jacob Usick, who had a season ending injury, and he has been phenomenal. Clay Cromwell, our other end, is phenomenal. So we've had some people there, and when that unit is on, man, they're they're pretty good. Uh, you got to do some extraordinary things, I think, to you know, to to beat. I mean, the the fact that we played that well against UAB this week, I mean, I can't even emphasize that enough. They were going up and down the field on people with, you know, a quarterback. That guy is good. That guy's got an NFL arm. I think he's an NFL talent. Mm -hmm. A couple of those wide receivers they've got, I think, have chances uh, at the next level. So, you know, seeing our defense play that way was so encouraging um, this past week. And, you know, hopefully they can continue that because those kids are going to play their rear end off, especially those seniors. They're going to play their rear ends off. Um, until that final game against Army coming up uh, on on December the 9th. so uh, that group has played well. They've been our best unit most of the season, and hopefully, you know, they can stay healthy and um, continue to play uh, extremely well. Now, overall,
1: X factor of, of this mm-hmm. game, Navy comes in obviously trying to get ball eligible, get get to a, to get to a ball game this season. What is the X factor in your mind this weekend that Navy has to do? to get a win? Uh,
2: I, I think we have to score early. I think we've got to get East Carolina behind the game um, a little bit because, you know, teams that are struggling, if things start to go against them early in a game, sometimes you can get that tidal wave going against them and, and build on it and do more. Uh, you, you if you, The longer you let people – and this goes – you know, for any football game, the longer you let your opponent stick around and be in the game, uh, especially if they stay within one play, all they got to do is make one play. And that's the, the big thing to me is, you know, we got to play from ahead like we did this past week. Get ahead, stay ahead, put the pressure uh, on the other team. The 12 minute drive or the 20 play drive we had this past week, 12 minutes, 44 seconds. Um, just outstanding. Um, that, that's what Navy football uh it is all about. I mean we've we've struggled so much on third down this year. I mean, third and four or longer has just been kryptonite for us uh this year. We've been brutal. We were like 16% uh going into this past game. We actually hit a couple this week, but I mean we're 16% on third and four or longer. I mean that's kind of been you know our bread and butter. We've always converted third and four, you know, uh third and five. We've always been able to get that kind of stuff. And this year we just haven't been able Uh, to do it so you know converting those again but not allowing East Carolina to gain some confidence early in the game to me uh, is critical because if you let any football team linger these guys are all competitors they want to compete they want to win on Saturday they're going to play their butts off Um, because especially the guys that have eligibility left and are going to come back they want to leave that taste in the coach's mouth that they are their players that are here to try and turn this thing around um, and get it going uh, in the right direction, just like this past week. So you know if you let them linger, you, then you got a game in the fourth quarter, then you gotta you gotta play your butt off to try and win this thing. So I, I think getting out early and you know you're never gonna get I mean if we have a 20 play drive two weeks in a row, then you know that's just good football fortune. So we had a couple pieces that look, we've had some bounces go against us this year. This week we had a couple go our way. I mean, guy drops a ball. Our line just happens to be following him and running over by the sideline. Drops on the football, and the guy drops a punt. Who's really a sure-handed guy, but he dropped the punt and it went out of bounds. It didn't go to the other team. So sometimes you got to have some bounces that go your way, and and we certainly had a couple of those that went our way on Saturday. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, Pete, thank you again for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast. Always, always a pleasure. Wish wish we could be up there this weekend. Uh, we had a blast last time when we came yeah, up to love, Annapolis. Yeah, love Annapolis when I went up there last yeah.
2: time. Yeah, I mean, uh, ECU folks always show up over in Section 31 and 32 there. So I hope – look, I mean, this is a very commutable road game for them. So it's such a passionate fan base. I mean, I tell people about you guys all the time. So jealous of your fan base, jealous of, of, of the market there. I love it. It's one of my favorite places in all of college athletics – um, and you know, I know right now it's tough cause I listen to the post game shows and I watch, I've watched all this stuff and I, but, but you have a fan base that cares. Some teams have nobody that cares. Yeah. You know, you watch some of these Mac games on a Tuesday night. There's nobody there. There's 2,500 people. We're at temple. I think there was 3000 bodies. Don't pay attention to what they announced. I think there was 3000 people total in the building. Goodness. Um, you know, ECU's got such a passionate fan base, um, so I, I hope that I hope that they stick with it, uh, stick with the kids. Because remember, no matter how no matter how mad you might get at coaches and administration and everything, the kids need you. Don't boo the kids because the kids are playing hard. They're trying uh, their best out there, and it's such a passionate fan base um, that again, if you have a, if a kid's got a chance to consider East Carolina. Uh, once you visit there and see what's going on and i mean it's just a it's an unbelievable place so uh, i hope some of those folks will make the trek there up the bay bridge tunnel i know it costs like 20 bucks now but you know it, it'll be worth the ride come support your team up here uh this week in annapolis against navy
0: Love it. for sure well pete thanks again best of luck uh and, and then if you get to get a chance to talk to our our boy keaton uh, wish him well from us. Yes.
2: I will. I will do that. Indeed, he's having a great year. Let's hopefully he can keep it up. Appreciate being yep. with you guys as always. Absolutely. Thanks, Pete. Yep.
0: Once again, that was Pete Medhurst, long-time friend of the podcast. Yes, one of the OGs. Or that's good. why we love talking to him. We got to us gotta up.
1: OG wall, man. We got to We got to do an OG wall. Like, like who? Like Pete Medhurst, Corey Glore. Who else is on the OG wall? OG list. Uh, I go. I on the OG list. Maybe, Brett, Courtney, maybe Courtney on the OG list.
0: Brett from Sup Dogs. Brett's on the OG list. Um, who else have we had on a couple of just, times? Just the Boneyard podcast OGs. I mean, there, there's got. I mean, Coach Harold. I mean. We've only had him on once, but guy's in an electric at, factory.
1: At this point, Harold
0: for president, bro. Got my vote. Shit. Hey. <laughs> Write him a blank check. A la Jimbo Fisher. We'll talk about that here in a minute, Artie. What Don't you worry.
1: Is. What a mess. What?
0: We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, all right. Artie. Basketball season, we're a week into basketball season. Hey! How many losses we got so far? Zero. Zero. I mean. <laughs> Artie. Our football team, basketball team, and women's basketball team have a combined six wins on the season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but one season is almost over. <laughs> one is almost
0: over. No, I mean, the guy, the guys, and the girls look good. Really, really excited. Good. Yeah, they look good. They look good. I mean, ECU that real quick. ECU basketball. I, I don't know if anybody. I'm sure all of our listeners were watching. Uh, Two o'clock against Campbell this past weekend, right before the ECU FA FAU game. Um, EC played Campbell and Campbell's not a not a slouch. Nah, they, no, they
1: show and play. They 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 got some players that can that can play. Mean,
0: but the fact that I mean you had you had a, several of your guys in foul trouble ten minutes into the game. Like look, and it, there there were some there were some ticky tack calls yeah. going against ECU. I mean it, it was CAA officials there on, on, on Saturday afternoon. ECU still found a way to beat Campbell and cover the spread. I mean, ECU's ECU's in a good spot right now. I'm telling
1: you, man, that that non-conference slate it it, it looks real delectable. It is it, looking good. That non-conference slate is looking good, man. I think going into that, that FAU matchup, which is going to be our real first test, obviously, of the season, we should be we should be looking all right. Oh, how sweet, right.
0: it, how sweet it would be to knock off FIU
1: <laughs> they, they you know honestly they they deserve that they they do deserve that because they know better to do what they did this past this past and
0: week. and then it took them almost an hour and a half to post the final score they finally posted a picture no no graphics on the picture just said 22 to 7 final. Didn't say who won. Didn't say anything about either team. Just said 22 to 7 final with a picture of their guy running the ball. That's it. Come on, FAU.
1: That's, I mean, that's just the sweetest karma, the sweetest irony of all time. You call somebody out their name, you try to troll, and you get your ass whooped.
0: I I love, I love poetic justice. People in the comment section or the replies on Twitter after a team loses and they and they don't post the final score, I, I absolutely love that. Yes. All right. Um, women's Hoops going to be on the road this weekend, or I guess tomorrow night, at VCU. Potential future conference member. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth University up in Richmond. So if you're in the Seven Cities area, shout out John Smith. Try to get out there to... Get out there to uh, VCU to, to to see the Pirates take on, or are they the Rams?
1: Uh, VCU, yeah, I think I think VCU is the Rams, yeah. But that's that's a cool little city, though. If you've never been to Richmond, Richmond's Richmond's a cool little city. They got some things up there to do.
0: Hey, I mean, perfect place to stop at if you're on your way up to for a long weekend in Annapolis.
1: Yeah, facts. That's like the perfect little midway point. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, yeah. It's Tuesday night. You still got four days, but you can spend four days in DC and Annapolis and get plenty that perfect week, get that done. Um, And then the men will take on South Carolina upstate the the men's team this time. Maybe uh, it'd be nice if our men's team could figure out a way to drop a hundred on, on the men's team too. You get a hundred, you get a hundred, you get a hundred. But just
1: we might
0: mess around. And do it. We might do it. Uh, shout out R.J. Felton, uh, second player this year to to record uh, a career high game in points. Brandon Johnson did it uh, the first week, of the first game, and then uh, R.J. Felton did it this this past game with a thirty point game in, in the fourteen point win over Campbell. Uh, shout out there, and then. Yeah, I mean this team. This team's gonna be good. Like what I see from this team, really excited. Really, ex- like. Hey, look, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to temper right just, my just, optimism. Just,
1: just right, but I mean honestly though, it's it's okay to feel excited because this is a this is a program. I I think somebody was saying you know get ECU basketball back, and I and I, and I saw a comment say back from what like we're building a program for the first time. Schwartz and company is building a program for the first time, trying to be decent, trying to be something good, right? So the optimism is there.
0: And not to mention you're doing it without, well, honestly, one of the best transfers ECU's ever had. Yeah. In Cam Hayes. Cooper, Roy Cooper, Josh Stein, any other politician out there? You want to write a letter to the NCAA for this one? Or are you just gonna uh, protect protect your baby blue uh, brethren?
1: Also, the same way we pressure y'all to pack Dowdy, pack Mingy's, bro. Don't get, get the on, hell out there. Yeah, get on the bandwagon too late. Go get to Minji's, pack Minjis, support this team, man.
0: And, and if you have to, student section, kick the old people out of those purple chairs behind the. Don't don't kick the no, don't do that. <laughs> no, because that, that's where the student section should be. Okay, like,
1: no, the, the student section, yes. Yeah, they they, they gotta they gotta understand that's the student section,
0: but but that's that's gosh. I I I hate that that we're not like we should be back behind the benches. Put the student section back behind the benches.
1: Yeah, but see y'all, y'all cause too much ruckus. Y'all, y'all, Artie, y'all. have you
0: ever watched a game in Cameron?
1: Well, yes, but but at least Cameron, like they bad, but y'all be y'all be. I've been to ECU basketball games. I've been with you. The may actually be saying some some real raunchy stuff in there behind the bleachers, man.
0: They're still saying it. Now they're just saying it <laughs> to the back of the head of of the former mayor and current mayor and one of the football coaches. And they're kids. I agree, though. No, put it put it back behind the bleachers. Fuck them. Let them. Let them. Let it. Let them. Let them hear it all. Like, come on. What are we doing? All right. I think that's a good segue, Artie. You got to walk the plank. Walk the plank. Nothing happened this weekend
1: outside of once again all them haters. Because haters gonna hate Penn State. You can walk the damn plank. Your fans can walk the damn plank. That wasn't even honestly. I'm I'm kind of disappointed just because it wasn't as good as a, good of a game as I would have wanted it to be. We still haven't been challenged yet, so I'm still looking for Michigan to be challenged because we're going to have to like play somebody. And maybe Ohio State would give us a challenge. Maybe maybe they will. But we're gonna have to play somebody because when we get to the playoff, I'm not trying to get blown out by Alabama or Georgia again. I'm not. I, I need a, a legitimate test before we get to the playoff. But Penn You're State blown out
0: by Alabama or Georgia again? You got blown out by t c last time. No, no,
1: no. We didn't get blown up by TCU. We didn't, we didn't get that. That that game was a classic. What are you talking about? It was one of the best college football playoff games. I honestly ever.
0: don't remember the score. I just know y'all lost to TCU. That game was blown a out classic, by Georgia. Bro.
1: And TCU had like 10 NFL players on that team. That's why they suck this year. You know how many people got drafted from that TCU squad?
0: Anyways, Artie, are you done talking about the, the Wolverines?
1: Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Penn State walked the damn plank.
0: Uh, Chapel Hill fans, walk the damn plank. Stop storming the field when you're double digit do- or favorite
1: team that one to walk the
0: plank. Just like I told App State fans to walk the plank when they stormed the field over us, I'm telling UNC fans, walk the damn plank for storming the field after beating Duke. Okay, <laughs> like walk the damn plank. Also, uh, I, I had another one. Mm. Arthur Smith walked the damn plank.
1: Yeah. Los Angeles Clippers walked the damn plank. You drafted for James, not drafted, but you traded for James Harden and you're 0 4 since he came to town because James Harden sport. So Los Angeles Clippers walked the damn plank.
0: So- uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick walked the damn plank. <laughs>
1: Did you see the tweet where they had to fire Donald Kirkpatrick at the at, at Minji's, but they
0: wouldn't show it. They they turned our man Patrick Johnson and Cy Seymour around <laughs> to face the crowd so that you couldn't see it. <laughs> they, they wouldn't show it.
1: That's like, oh, that was hilarious.
0: No, I mean, Artie. There are guys that are getting fired right now. (laughs) Jimbo Fisher got fired after beating a team by 41. We can't (laughs) fire Donnie Kirkpatrick. Here's my problem. Here's my problem with not firing him now. Is you're getting into a situation where with the early signing period now, you're getting into a situation where you don't have time to find somebody to really shore up that recruiting. ECU's got the number 1 recruiting class in the in the conference right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Look, I've been told that Cole Hodge and the Hodge brothers are are good to go no matter what. But I know that there's a connection there with Donnie Kirkpatrick and and their high school coach. Right? That that's that's why we're not going after any other quarterbacks right now. Okay, that from what I've heard in the recruiting, like we should be going. <laughs> we we we're gonna have Mason Garcia and Raheem Jeter as like our two quarterbacks next year. Then you got Cole Hodge that's coming in ne- as a freshman. Okay, we should be recruiting multiple quarterbacks in this class. That quarterback room is empty, and if it's true. That we're not recruiting another quarterback because this is a, a friend of Donnie Kirkpatrick's uh, player? Come on now. Look, those two are going to be dynamite. Cole Hodge and, and his brother, yeah, uh, no, they're that good wide receiver, I mean, they're good. But don't – you can shore that up if you were to fire Donnie. Don't lose other recruits after you fire him, which I don't think Donnie's the one keeping recruits here, anyways. But
1: I yeah. look, man. It, I you know what I can see? I can see ECU winning out, and they mess oh, around and say, "Oh, we we figured things out on offense the last three to four weeks. We look really good." And Donnie's and Donnie's right back there next year with that damn fool's gold. They're gonna say we scored That's 22 points against. We scored 22 points against FAU. Fools gold and false hope. He'll be right back on the sidelines next year.
0: Fools gold and false hope. I like that. All right, Artie. It's gambling corner time. Let's do it. Uh, let's see here. What what games we want to talk about this week? We gotta have some good ones this week. There, there's some there's some decent ones this week. I'll some good ones. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm gonna go with. There's some duds too this week. Not gonna lie. Let's see. We're gonna go. Let's look at the S- SEC first.
1: We're getting down to nitty gritty, though. We are. We are getting. All right. uh, almost robbery week too.
0: Here you go. Uh, First one, Georgia on the road at Rocky Top. Okay. Georgia's a 10.5 point favorite, the number two team in the country. Tennessee, number 13, 7-3. Artie, your take. uh, Let's see, the over under 59.5. Georgia's a 10.5 point favorite.
1: Yeah, I, look George Georgia's been playing phenomenal the last few weeks. I mean, they they've been playing ranked opponents and they've been beating the shit out of these ranked opponents. Um, I have no reason to think that, that they're gonna lay a, lay a lay a dud to Tennessee, even though I love me some Rocky Top. But Georgia not losing to Tennessee. And they 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 will uh they will win this game by at least 10 points. So
0: they beat number nine Ole Miss last weekend 52 to 17.
1: Yeah, they 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 beat the brakes off Ole Miss. and Ole Miss is good. Like, Ole Miss is a good football team. <laughs> they beat the brakes off of.
0: Like, Missouri, who just beat the crap out of Tennessee last weekend. Now, Missouri,
1: Missouri, the only team in the SEC to actually, like, give Georgia a game. And even Georgia won that game, you know. By double digits. Yeah, they they won that handily. So – so yeah, no, give me Georgia, Georgia's gonna win this game by a lot of
0: points. Yeah, give me Georgia. Um nothing else in the this this is the week in the in the SEC.
1: Yeah, you, you got Alabama We're, playing Chattanooga with two weeks left in the season.
0: Al, all right. Alabama, Chattanooga, Jesus Christ, Ole Miss, UL what are we Monroe. What we doing? Texas A&M, Abilene Christian, uh New Mexico State, Auburn. Arkansas, FIU, not to be confused with FAU, who's actually FIU, but the real FIU. With the real FIU, please stand up. Um,
1: That was good, Jed. I like that.
0: You like that one? Uh, And then LSU at Georgia State, which – or LSU-Georgia State, which, I mean, Georgia State's not been bad this year. But – Still, these matchups are absurd. These are are the ones that everybody makes fun of the the SEC for, right? Like, why are you playing week 10? Why are you playing – a bunch of no names all right let's go over to the acc Mm. what you got what you got all right all right the uh number 11 team in the country louisville on the road at miami Take me to Miami. Uh, This game, Louisville is a one-point favorite against Miami. Louisville's Louisville's looked suspect over the last couple weeks. I mean, yeah, they beat the crap out of Virginia Tech and Duke, but they've had some games in there where the game was a lot closer than it should have been.
1: been, Yeah, that that pit loss, I'm scratching my head. Louisville should be undefeated. Louisville should literally not have a loss. They should be undefeated. I don't understand that pit loss.
0: And then Miami, I don't know what's up with them. I mean, hold Florida State close, all game, get blown out by NC State, barely beat Virginia, beat Clemson, lost to Carolina. Like I, I don't know what's going on. Lost to Georgia Tech. I mean, I don't know what's going on in Miami. Um. So, this is kind of a this is gonna be an interesting game. Yeah. 12 o'clock on ABC. Artie, your your take. L- Louisville's
1: a better team. I just don't know which Louisville is going to show up. Exactly. That, and that's that's the problem. Louisville should win this game. Louisville should probably win this game by a couple touchdowns, to be honest with you. They're just a better team. Hmm. I'm still gonna take Louisville. But it's it's I, this could be one of the better games of the weekend, though. This this could be like a like a 35, 31, 35, 32 kind of kind of kind of finish. And it could go either way. So but give me Louisville.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um all right. All right, I'm gonna do one more other than ours. Just because I think I think this is the game of the week. You got it. Uh, it. if it's not a Pac-12 game. It is. Okay, I was about
1: to say, because I, I see it. I see it. This is a, this is a top 10 matchup right here.
0: Uh, this is Washington on the road at Oregon State. It's gonna be a good or- game. Oregon State's a one and a half point favorite. Bunch of pick'ems this week already. Um let's see. Number five, Washington can pretty much secure a spot. I mean, come as close to locking up a college football playoff spot in the Pac twelve as you can with a win this weekend. Over under sixty three and a half. Like I said, Oregon State's a one and a half point favorite, even though they're the higher ranked team. Your uh, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, Washington wins this game. I know that would give them at least four wins over a ranked opponent, maybe five, because the Pac twelve just been absurd this season, um, and they 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 haven't shown me anything to pick against them. Their offense is going to put up numbers like like they're like it's it's a trap me. And if it's a track meet, I'm I'm picking Washington. they just have the best offense in the country? They have two NFL receivers, they have an NFL quarterback. If it's gonna be a track meet, I'm picking Washington. Now Oregon State's gonna give them a game. And if the defense decides to show up, they could make it interesting late. They they really, really and this is in Beaver Stadium, right? This is this is at Oregon State.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: So I mean they can they can make this game really interesting. That crowd's gonna be into I mean, this is like the biggest matchup in that team's history. Um, uh, so they can make it interesting, but Washington has done nothing for me to pick against them. I know they had those two kind of duds with Stanford and they, they, they played another team really, really close. Um, I forget the other one, but no, nah, I think, I think Washington is back on track though. They'll, they'll win this game. It's going to be close though. I, I agree with you. This could be the game of the week.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they played close with, they had a close game with Oregon. Um, and that's really, they they had a, they won by a touchdown uh, against Arizona, also against Arizona State. That, that's a weird game, 15-7. to 7. Um,
1: Yeah, Arizona State. And then Stanford. They, they were close to Stanford for the longest time before they kind of pulled away with that. Stanford is an awful team this year. Yeah.
0: Did blow out Michigan State 41-7. to 7.
1: Everybody's blowing out Michigan
0: State. I think ECU could blow out Michigan State right now.
1: Everybody's blowing out Michigan State.
0: Um. All right. I'm going to say could mm. is there a world where Oregon State wins out beating Washington and Oregon and sneaks into the college football playoff.
1: Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You know how many ranked wins they would have with a conference championship. Yeah, they would, yes, they would have a, a, a claim. Mm. You beat you beat number five Washington. If you play Oregon in the Pac twelve championship, they'd be number. Well, they play five. they play Oregon next week. So they got they got they got number five and number six back to back. Yep. And then they go on to win a pac twelve championship. Yeah, hell, yeah. they they should go to the playoff. They have a yeah. And I, mean, uh, I love my Michigan Wolverines, but that's a much better resume than what we got.
0: A twelve and yeah, twelve, or a, a what what it, an eleven and two? Oregon State team.
1: It would it would be like that Auburn team from a couple of years ago to
0: beat back to back number ones, but
1: couldn't get in because they didn't win the SEC.
0: Yeah,
1: but had Auburn won the SEC, they'd have got into the playoff with two losses. Mm. I think it's the same thing for Oregon State.
0: I just have a feeling Oregon State's gonna win this game. You think so? I just do. Yeah. Give
1: me the chaos. I'm 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 for the
0: chaos. I'm, I'm for it. the chaos. Yeah, I'm like imagine that. Oregon State beating Washington. Who's Oregon play this weekend? Oregon plays Arizona State, and then m- matchup Oregon State, Oregon for all the marbles. For all the marbles. Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm with the chaos. I like I like Michael Penix, and, and I I I like the Huskies. I, I do I do low key want Washington to win, but I'm I'm with the I'm with the shits. I'm with the I'm with the chaos. I'm For cool
0: sure. with it. All right, get give me give me Oregon State. Why not? Why the hell not? All right, Artie. Last but not least, game of the game of the week. East Carolina University Heads up the road to Annapolis, Maryland home of the Navy, the Naval Academy Midshipmen, United States Naval Academy. Where the parts come in off of, off of rough waters this season. Will they have enough on defense? Will the defense be able to stand tall enough to sink Navy this weekend already? EC's two and eight. Navy's four and five. Game's going to be on ESPN news broadcast for millions around the world to see. <laughs> EC's a two and a half point dog on the road. The over under is 32 and a half. Let's hear it.
1: i uh, I don't. I never know how to pick the Navy game because I feel like every time I pick the Navy game, I'm I'm wrong. Like I, if I pick ECU to win, they lose. If I pick Navy to win, ECU wins. So I just don't know how to pick this game. Um, I don't know. The same way you was feeling the ECU victory last week, I'm feeling the ECU victory this week too. I, I just I feel like we go up to Annapolis and 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 put some things together. I think this defense is is humming, and I think they're going to continue to hum. And I don't know. I just this this offense, I, I feel like they'll 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 put something in the works. I feel like these players are gonna play inspired, they'll put something together. It's gonna be an ugly game. I, I want everybody to understand this game is gonna be this, this is gonna be a shit show. This is gonna be an ugly game to watch. Much like FAU was ugly to watch, times, times 10 for this ECU Navy game. It's gonna be an ugly game to watch. But I think we win it ugly. I do. I just I got a feeling we're gonna win an ugly game.
0: I think it's going to be ugly. I don't think that the offense figures it out. No, when I say
1: figures it out, I mean like they score like 17, which would be just enough. <laughs> that's, I don't that's, even think that happens. What I mean. I'm not saying they're going to play good.
0: I think that it's a game of teams with long, sustained drives trying to get to the sticks look if you give navy the ball they're going to they're going to lean on you you've got to be able to figure out how to get pick up a first down here and there and continue to do that you need one of those 7 8 minute drives to win this game you got to keep the ball out of their hands yeah if you're going to win this game you've got to keep the ball out of navy's hands You've got to you've got to control time and possession. And you've got to do that by moving the sticks. Taking the play clock down every single time. That's what this pirate team has done this year. They've had to do it. But you gotta you gotta figure out how to how to get out there and keep the ball in your hands. You don't even if you don't score, drain the clock. The defense will. If the defense can stand tall and doesn't get gassed from being out there for 12 minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time, then you'll have a chance. You gotta, you gotta kind of do that to Navy. You gotta put them on on defense for eight, nine minutes at a time. That that's my take. Um, I think I think this game is very low scoring. I think that this game might be one of the lowest scoring games that I've ever seen. Artie, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. East Carolina wins, and the score is nine to six.
1: I knew he was gonna say nine six. I knew he was gonna say that. I knew he was gonna say nine six. I I think I think the opposite because I, I don't our offense is just not built like that. I think Navy's going to dominate time of possession, but they're not going to have the big plays. And I think ECU gets three to four more big splash plays because we have the kind of playmakers that can do that than Navy. And I think that that's a difference. I think Navy's going to absolutely dominate time of possession, but I think our defense is going to stand tall when they need to. And I think ECU just gets a few more big big plays. But I could see nine six. I you know, I I could see nine six.
0: Nobody scores a touchdown.
1: I could I could I could see nine six. Absolutely,
0: gonna be a beautiful day. Looks like sixty degree weather and sunny. So uh, perfect football weather, in Annapolis, Maryland. All right, Artie. Thank you for doing another podcast with me. We're almost through this season. We're we're almost there. Uh, it's all
1: good. ECU's about to be a basketball school. It's okay
0: basketball baseball softball oh we
1: forget about baseball that's coming too we forget about baseball
0: all right um, all right Artie. let's see make sure you're following us on social media at boneyard podcast on instagram tiktok twitter x whatever you want to call it youtube like subscribe follow us everywhere you get your podcast whether that's apple podcast spotify youtube google podcast i believe we're on amazon now check us out and uh, yeah we we thank you for listening uh give us a five-star review if you don't you can walk the damn plank If you do friends of the podcast for life um all right that's all i got let's get out of here
1: that's it Another one in the books, baby. Wash your hands, wash your butts. Until next week, Pirate Nation, Sink Navy, Go Pirates. Deuce.